0: everyone, welcome back to the Restless Podcast. This is your host, Jonah Boss. On The Restless, we extract knowledge, tactics, and stories from entrepreneurs who have carved their way to fulfill the life they've always dreamed of. We hope you enjoy this episode of The Restless Podcast. Welcome back to this episode of the Restless Podcast. We have again back on Steve Rio from Nature of Work. Uh, I'm not too sure if you got to listen to the last one. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to it. But on the last podcast, we talked about um, the key components of a human operating system. We talked about habits, we talked about the changes in technology. Um, leadership. We talked about flow state as well. So in this podcast, we're going to go full circle, talk a little bit about flow state again, and really dive into the psychedelics uh, as much as possible. We are going to get there last episode, but uh, a little bit of a time crunch. So we're going to dive into that now. So Steve, thank you so much for coming back on.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. No problem.
0: So uh, for the listeners who don't know what you're up to right now, let's give them the uh, full scoop of maybe a project that you're tackling right now or something important going on with you or nature of work.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I don't know where to start these days. Cause I feel like I'm doing a lot of different things and uh, I don't think it's always super clear externally how they all fit together, but I'll say that uh, everything that I do is focused on helping people live better lives yeah. and um, and, and, and I think of that on an individual level and on a collective level, um, I think a lot about rising, raising consciousness. So helping society as a whole get to the next level of consciousness so that we can survive. I think that we're seeing, um, the complexity of the world starting to eat humanity, eat society up mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, the only way we're going to get to the next level here is by collectively getting our consciousness up. And so everything I focus on is based on that. So nature of work is a performance and wellness program really focused around work wellness. It's basically like the blueprint for this, you know, having a system in place for the, for the habits, for the routines that allow you to do your best work in less time and have less stress. So you have, you just have more bandwidth, you have more capacity, more resilience for everything else. To me, that's like the foundation layer. Mm-hmm. And then the other work I do is around helping people discover themselves on a deeper level. So I do that through breathwork. I'm I'm developing a whole series of uh, custom breathwork sessions and work in the psychedelic space. And specifically in the psychedelic space with um, a molecule called 5-MeO-DMT. And then also really focused on Integration preparation and integration. So, what do you do before a psychedelic experience? What do you do after? Because I think that's actually the most important part of psychedelics. Um, right. That's some of the things I'm working on.
0: That's perfect. So, we're gonna be diving into all that here during this episode. That's why I'm super excited. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, just to start off with like the basis, basic level here, um, For anyone who doesn't know what flow state is, can you explain in simple terms what that means, uh, what that entails, and maybe how you get into flow state?
1: Yeah, sure. I feel like flow states, well, first off, flow states were discovered or coined by um, a researcher like decades ago, and he was basically, his name is Mahali Chinset Mahai. His name is very hard to just um, pronounce and I may or may not be pronouncing it correctly. Everybody pronounces it slightly differently, but the guy is truly a genius in terms of what he really did is look at the most prolific creative people of all, you know, of, of, of modern history and tried to look for um, trends and uh, themes in how they were approaching work. And one of the things he discovered was this idea of flow states and flow states, there's, if you Google flow state and you, and you look at the images that come up, there's, there's this image that shows these different states of, of basically being. And um, it's kind of like you, and basically when you are peaked out in your state of state of consciousness, you're in a flow state. And that's when you're matching your skill level with a level of attention and joy for the work. And you enter a state that basically time and space drops away. And You're, you're in a flow state where there's also a non-dual experience, meaning you're not really aware of yourself or what you're doing, or it's just, you're, you are the doing you're just in it. And, um, right. And I, and I think that a lot of people have experienced that and they don't even know it. Maybe they experienced it playing a sport when they had, like, they just were in a game or in a playing a playing some kind of sport and just had some moments or the whole game or part of the game where. They just lost themselves in what they were doing or playing music, or frankly it could happen while building a really cool spreadsheet or coding a website, anything that requires, you know, absolute focus and attention um, and a level of skill and a level of challenge. And and when you enter into that state, it's, it's as if everything else falls away. And it's truly just a, it's a beautiful place to spend time Um, like it's a beautiful place to 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 be in and it's also where i think you do your deepest work because there's just there's no you there's no external there's just the act of being in your element and and it's a it's a pretty special place to be
0: it's pretty remarkable actually um in a way where it helps people a ton find out their true passion or interest right i mean they might not even know what they like and then they do something they get into flow state they look back at it and they're like, Holy smokes. You know, I actually really enjoy this based on the fact that I could get into flow state by doing this one activity or, or something like that. Right. I mean, when someone could look back and say, how did five hours go by that quick? Is that, do you think that's the exact reflection of being in flow state is time pass and not being conscious of that?
1: To some degree. I mean, that can also happen when you're zoned out and you're not engaged, right? Like you, you could, spend an hour on Instagram and that is not a flow state. Um, I think a flow state is when there's, there's a level of execution happening. Like you're actually producing something and that you could be producing, making music or art, or like I say, activity or, but you're, you're in the act of creation. Mm -hmm. and, And that would, I would say is like a really defining factor, but yes, the, the sense of time falling away is a, is a kind of a key characteristic of flow states for sure.
0: Perfect. Okay, now we're going to transfer into psychedelics here. Um, To start off, uh, let's talk about the preparation of psychedelics. Um, What to do, uh, maybe it is your first time, maybe it isn't your first time, maybe some certain tactics and steps, one, two, three, four, um, that you could take as an individual to prepare yourself for such experience, right? Um, I know breathwork is a big one.
1: Yeah, breathwork is a great entry point. I mean, I, I think if you break it down, in its simplest terms, first of all, you can do some psychedelics recreationally and have a fun experience out on the trails with your buddies or whatnot. Right. And that's, that's, that's awesome too. But I think when I talk about psychedelics, mostly what I'm talking about is a um, a more intentional approach to psychedelics, where you're looking at it as a medicine or as an agent to help transform you uh in, in one way or another. Um And I think that um psychedelics are kind of like a bullet train into your consciousness like they're a bullet train into the the depths of who you are and what you're about and processing really complex unconscious information um that you know all these kind of things right so so it's like a deep dive and it's a real fast track and what I, in terms of preparation i think what's key is that if you've never done any personal development work you've never spent any time exploring what your values are what your purpose is um what your ethics are uh what drives you what um you know what biases you have you know what what are the the good and bad or the the yeah. I won't say good and bad but the different traits that you've inherited from your parents well, you know if you're not doing that kind of personal inquiry then you go and just get blasted by psychedelics, it's really hard to pick up much from that experience because it's way you're in way over your head. It's like, oh, I'm gonna try out basketball and you step onto the NBA court. It's like right. you just get hammered, basically. Um and 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 in some cases that can be fine, but I think I think there's the more, the more basically preparation you can do in terms of introspection, the more you're gonna get out of the experience. And so in the long term, I think that means like a lifelong you know um study and inquiry of yourself and and that's just part of a process, but I think, in a short term, if you're preparing for a psychedelic experience, there's a number of things you can do to also prime yourself basically psychologically and physically emotionally for that experience and I'd say physically you got you just you want to come in with your human body, the instrument um for the journey being in as good a shape as possible, so lots of sleep. Uh, not overly, you know, like trying to like keep your stress levels down at least the week before. So, um, not overexerting yourself at work um, or even just physically, like physical activity. Workouts are fine, you know, obviously, but not. You don't want to come into the experience after just doing like the craziest workouts of your life for the last few days and being physically exhausted because psycho psychedelics take physical um, stamina, right? Yeah. And so, so I'd say physically you want to like lots of sleep. Well, you know, in a good solid state with not too much stress Um, you want to think about what the food is you're putting in your body, putting in healthy foods, organic foods, unprocessed um, not, you know, I I, I'm in terms of meat, people have different opinions. I'm kind of of the opinion that if it's happy, happy meat that was organically raised and ethically raised um, and that's, basically like meat, you can really only buy it kind of like whole foods or butcher shops, Yeah. but really actually just smaller butcher shops. Um, then, then I'd feel like that's fine, but I wouldn't be eating like chicken at the faux restaurant <laughs> the week before. And I think the reason for that is there's lots of hormones and chemicals in that meat. That meat is, was stressed out when it died. It was, it, it was not living a good life. So it is carrying forward a level of energy that you don't really want in your body when you're going to go into a deep psychic state. Um, and so, so that's when I think about food. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's physical. And then I think, um, mentally and emotionally is just, uh, at least a week before your, your experience carving out at least 20 minutes a day for introspection. Um, That could be meditation. That could be breath work. It could be a journaling exercises. It could be silent walks in nature. Um, but you're spending some time like just allowing what's there for you to, to show up. And that often is not easy if you don't have a regular practice of it, but it's super important because again, when you go to do psychedelics, you're opening like you're just opening the doors wide open to all of that, to the unconscious. And if you haven't sort of started that process a little bit before the psychedelics, it's just going to be overwhelming. And you're, even if you have a great experience, you're not going to be able to take that much of it in. Um, so, so that's, that's something I would say too, is, is at least 20 minutes and preferably like an hour a day where you are, you know, maybe it's a combination of things. You do some meditation, you get a silent walk in, um, you uh do some journaling or some reflective you know reflective uh inquiry um things like that mm-hmm.
0: and you know what it's it's phenomenal. it's interesting because it's very sensitive like everything that you're saying is like you have to be prepared in such capacity through so many facets of your body you know through your physical health your biological health your emotional health your everything to make sure that you're in line for such experience right because especially if you haven't done it before you have to be fully present right
1: yeah and and like i say, lots of people have done mushrooms with none of this and including myself back when i was young right and um for a lot of the psychedelics if you're not doing too heavy a dose then maybe it's not such a big deal but i think what i'm really talking about is a getting the most out of your experience if you really want to there is so much depth to a psychedelic experience especially when you go big like a a large dose of psilocybin or you do a molecule like 5-MeO-DMT like this is going to be the most powerful thing you've ever done in your life and so to get the most out of that experience that's what I'm getting at you know what I'm talking about
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah I think uh, one, one other thing I didn't you know I said briefly but I think that breath work is a fantastic way to start exploring these psychedelic spaces without the substance right. and be- before and after a journey, I think like a psychedelic journey to me, it's amazing. And I think if you're dedicated to it, I mean, that could be all you end up doing is, is, is breath work. And um, it's, uh, there's lots of different styles of breath work. So to, to start to understand the different styles, but basically you're looking for, Longer, you know, 30 minutes or more, um, kind of shamanic style breath work sessions that are basically um, various types of deep breathing for longer periods of time. There's some big breath holds, things like that. And as you start to um, oxygenate in that way, um, you're basically increasing the pressure of oxygen in your blood, and all sorts of impacts start happening in the body. Your pH level starts to shift. Your brain starts to actually shut down the prefrontal cortex starts to shut down a bit and that allows your your sort of subconscious and unconscious to start revealing itself and so you actually get into psychedelic states just purely from breathing and so it's a really amazing way to to sort of test the waters and and it's in a way that it's um you're really in complete control because it's not like you do a a dose of psilocybin in you're on the train for five hours, whether you want to be on or not. Right. Yeah. But with breath work, you know, you can get to some pretty deep states, maybe not as deep as a large dose of some of these su- substances, but you can go really deep. And if you're freaking out or you're really uncomfortable, you just stop breathing and two minutes later, you're, you're back. And okay. um, so, so I, I really recommend that. And we, we're building a whole bunch of breath work sessions um, and we're offering a bunch of them for free. And you can actually see like, we have a, we have one right now. We'll have two in a few, in a few days, two 30, 35 minute, um, shamanic breathworks on our site on enfoldinstitute.com and they're awesome sessions. And then there's also great sites like inward, uh, inward Breathwork, mm-hmm. has dozens and dozens of different types of breathwork. So there's lots of cool resources out there these days.
0: That's interesting. And, and going back to kind of dipping your feet in the water a bit, would you say that hot or cold shock therapy, like me going into the ocean? for instance, mm-hmm. and like taking that time to just lower my heart rate and really focus on my breathing. Do you think that enhances that potential state?
1: Absolutely. I think what I think those experiences do and you're you're sort of alluding to say um, like Wim Hof techniques yeah, or things sure. like that. Right. Wim, cause Wim Hof breathing, if you do it for a long enough period, you will enter shamanics. You'll, you'll get into shamanic breathing. You'll, you'll get into those states in the short term, when you do that kind of breath work and and do cold exposure and things like that, you, you, you start to see firsthand the, the impact that you can have over your physiology, just simply with breathing. Right. And it's really powerful, but I, and I think cold exposure, like we have a cold plunge on our property and a sauna on our property. And we, we do this all the time and we do it with our guests too. Um, it's just a really powerful way besides all the physiological benefits of both heat and cold, like google that because the physiological benefits are unbelievable yeah. um i think the thing that's really interesting about stepping into cold exposure um is the psychological impacts of it you know you you are conquering a a really strong sensation um and you are you are experiencing your body going into a full re- like fight or flight response to a phenomena around you. And that's a really powerful thing to observe and to do regularly. So like, I find it that it's, um, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a powerful exercise in itself beyond the fact that as you get, you know, you're getting all these endorphins and you feel unbelievable afterwards. Like there's, there's no time that I feel clearer or happier than right after I've cold plunged, maybe right after I've done five MEO DMT (laughs) as well. But, um, I I feel like it's really powerful for that reason. I I think the other thing is that we, we um, aren't spending enough time in our bodies these days, like, and, and uh, getting kind of looking at the mind body connection. I think we spend a lot of time intellectualizing. We spend a lot of time in virtual environments on the internet and whatnot um, and consuming a lot of information. And I think any experience that helps you Get into your body and get into the present moment is a is a powerful practice. So there's lots of things to do, but those are two great ones. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Now moving to the more therapeutic uh, or leaning into the more therapeutic side of psychedelics, um, would you say that possibly microdosing uh, in that session or between you know those mm-hmm. sessions will enhance that product or you know maybe enhance your experience or would you just take the original? Go through go through the waves of what you're experiencing, or maybe taking those microdoses during the experience.
1: Uh, microdosing is a fantastic practice. Um, I regularly microdose psilocybin, um, yeah. and I've microdosed LSD in the past, but I prefer psilocybin, and I think they're slightly different. Um, but uh, I find that it's a very subtle. I call it subtle yet profound, you know, in the sense that it's, it's the, you should be taking a small enough dose that you don't really feel anything specific immediately. You don't, mm-hmm. shouldn't feel tingly. You shouldn't feel, there's no trippiness. Like microdosing is in its true sense is not about getting, um, high or altered in any way. But what I find is interesting is that when you microdose and after a few days, uh, or a few cycles, it's like. You, there's just a, a, a subtle awareness shift that I, f- I find for myself anyway, where I feel more grounded. I feel more connected to my feelings, to other people, to my surroundings, to nature. I feel more called to listen to my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've found it to be, and, and what and it's and those are all quite profound impacts. Yet they're they're subtle, and you have to pay attention to them. Um. So I I love microdosing, and I think that practice of microdosing and being subtly aware of what's shifting and how you're feeling and what your observation of your experience is, is a powerful practice to prepare you for a larger dose of psychedelics, or afterwards to help you, help you integrate that large dose of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And I think for some people, they'll again, you know. There, there's some people that are not going to want to do huge doses of psychedelics. It's not going to be their thing. Um, and microdosing is a great alternative. It's, it's a, it's a very safe. I mean, every like psychedelics are safe in general, but I I mean safe in terms of you're not going to trip out. You're, you're, you're right. not going to have a, there's no such thing as a bad trip. It's, it's very minor in terms of that kind of impact. And it's a great way to, to, to start that process. And so, you know, like, yeah, like the I have, I have um, family and um, coaching clients and people, people microdosing you've never guess with somebody who's microdosing, you know, it's really, I think for anyone at that point. And it's, and it's pretty cool that way.
0: Yeah. And and I could really see how nature of work benefits so many people in a way where you're helping create and develop a concrete base for an individual, starting from their morning habits, to routines, to anything to do with their life, just being in line and in focus to their values and beliefs, and then adding on potential perks like what we're, what we're talking about. right Yeah.
1: Now. Like with my, like, I think microdosing and nature of work is a fantastic combination. Yeah. I, I recommend it to my friends um, unofficially, you know, um, because they're it's, it, I'd say they go hand in hand because yeah, like you say, nature of work is about building a foundation of practices. And it's also about building a foundation of daily awareness, daily intentionality and microdosing I think is, has the exact same impact. So I think they go really beautifully together. Um, Okay, so from a uh, clinical standpoint,
0: um, and the benefits of between, you know, ketamine, MDMA, shrooms, LSD, what would you say would be the most, I don't know, beneficial? uh, Or is there one that's more beneficial, depending on who you are? I just want to dive into some of those things and how people could differentiate maybe one over another, depending on what they're going through or who they are
1: yeah i there's no I, I wouldn't say that there's anyone best or or better um i i think that they all have pretty different experiences and um are probably good for different reasons and so one way to think about it is that there's a few 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 medicines like m d m a like ketamine that i don't know if you know well m d m a at least for sure is is not Actually, a psychedelic. Um, However, it it generally is placed in the psychedelic category because it has such mind altering impacts. Um, But MDMA is a fantastic treatment for um, PTSD, for uh, just building a more loving kindness towards yourself and others, um, to to healing, uh, yeah, healing trauma and, and 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 various things like that. Like, I think it's a really incredible. Uh, medicine to teach you about love in a way that uh, is really profound. Um, Psilocybin is, you know, a a four to four to five hour experience. Um, And I think that when you do it in large doses is one of the most well-rounded experiences you can have on psychedelics. It's, I find that it goes into, dark places and bright places and beautiful things and hard things and it swirls and it, it's just, it's so powerful. And, and I think there's something really interesting about mushrooms in general. And just in the sense that I, um, I feel like they seed the gut that they're, that, that we're not only having an experience psychologically it for those number of hours, that there's, there's other things happening biologically when we consume mushrooms in organic form, like in a natural form. So yeah. I think there's something really special about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, shrooms does a great benefit to your gut microbiome.
1: Right. Exactly. Like our, our microbiome, um, like that's what I think. That's why I think, um, microdosing mushrooms is so interesting is that I think in, it, it's very subtly if impacting your microbiome. It's seeding your microbiome. And that has long-term benefits. Um, whereas LSD microdosing, I think is really powerful for, uh, creativity and clarity of mind and some has some really interesting impacts. It's just different in that, that, that one way it's, it's a little less natural and it's in it. It's, I don't think it's having the same impact from a yeah gut biology sort of way, which I think is really interesting. So that's, so mushrooms are, I, I love, I love mushrooms for that reason. And when I talk about doing large dose and when I'm talking about doing a therapy dose of any of these, what I'm describing is doing it in an environment with a facilitator or at least at a minimum a sitter, somebody who cares about you and you trust and is capable of taking care of you if you freak out a little bit, or if you know if you need support, if you just need to be carried, you know, help helps to the restroom or get a glass of water or whatever. Um, somebody you feel comfortable with, somebody you trust, and ideally a facilitator that has done this before and understands what's going to happen and is there to support you. It's incredibly safe to do most psychedelics and it's an incredibly intense experience so so having somebody there who understands the 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 terrain is it makes the whole thing uh easier and i and secondly therapeutic dose to me is a fairly large and b in an environment where you are fully inwardly focused so typically it's like you have an eye mask on there may be some music playing but there's otherwise you're not there's no real distractions. It's not, it's very different than doing mushrooms. And I say being out in nature or being at a concert, this is when you do mushrooms and you put an eye mask on and you put on some ambient or just music that you love, you drop into a place that is super deep. <laughs> and and so that's what I would say a therapeutic dose, is, a therapeutic approaches. And then also ideally being in a place that allows you the time afterwards to integrate the experience. So I just feel like that's important to mention in terms of what we're talking about when we talk about therapy. But then of course, there's like ketamine has become very popular because it's actually a, uh, a medication for a different purpose that is now being used off label for, for psychedelic experience. So it's, it's actually the only, currently the only legal psychedelic in North America. So all sorts of ketamine clinics are popping up and whatnot. I don't really know that much about ketamine, so I, I won't speak to it. But I, it, I think that there must be some clear benefits. There's lots of research happening in that space. It's not a personal um, preference of mine, mm-hmm. um, but I just can't speak to it in a kind of real way. Then, then there, there's I say the other big popular ones are ayahuasca, yeah, which which is. Um, basically a combination of different, uh, plants, uh, and, um, one of the key ingredients there is NNDMT or what people generally refer to as DMT. Yeah. Um, and when you drink it, uh, with this combination of other plants, you can, you can, uh, you can metabolize it. It enters the bloodstream and, um, you have an experience that lasts typically somewhere between, um, five and eight hours and sometimes longer. So, it's a longer experience than, than mushrooms. Um, You have a lot more cases of people uh, vomiting and uh, having pretty strong physical reactions to it. That can happen with mushrooms as well, but there's, there's ways to mitigate that with mushrooms, with ayahuasca, a lot of people will purge during the experience. Um, And it's longer. And I don't know if it's more intense, depending on how much you do, but it's, it's similar to mushrooms in that it's, it's, all encompassing. It's multiple hours long. It's very intense. It can go very dark. It can go really, um, into really beautiful places, really dark, hard places. And, um, I think the goal with any of these psychedelics is to, to remain as open and receptive as possible to wherever the medicine is taking you and to not try and resist or, or push back because when you push back and you resist, that's when things get really hard in the experience. But, but I find that once, especially with a little bit of experience, once you've had one or you know, one or two bigger doses of these medicines, you start to realize that there are really dark places in my consciousness and really hard stuff's gonna come up. And that's okay. And to just sit with it. And when you start to sit with it, it's almost like it stop it stops being scary and it just starts being real, you know, and and you and you get to look at it from a place of without judgment, without without a lot of attachment to it. And that's when you get into some real depth. But the first time you do these um, you know, psilocybin, really any of them, it's 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 pretty easy to go into dark places and and be pretty confronted by that. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's ayahuasca. Um and then the medicine we work with, there I mean there's iboga and ibogaine, which I would say is the longest experience and perhaps the most intense experience you can do. I think it's really reserved for people who are um, a uh, in a very serious mental um, illness condition, like who really need the support Um, it's being used for addiction and, and also just for people who are ready to explore on a level that's, you know, truly, truly intense. Um, And uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually really looking for, I haven't had an experience yet. And I really look forward to my first one, um, which I hope will be this year. Yeah. But but that's another category. And then the, the medicine we work with is called 5MEO DMT. Yeah. And so it has the letters DMT in it, but it they're not act it's not the same as DMT from ayahuasca. Five MEO is about 10 times stronger than DMT. And it's often considered basically the strongest psychedelic on the planet because of how fast and how much of a peak experience it is. Um I find 5MEO to be just a whole other level in terms of um breaking through your ego and your consciousness and dissolving basically into a space where there is no you and no you there is only one thing there's only you know god space or the universe or the quantum field or however you want to you know talk about it it's just an incredibly powerful experience so that's the medicine we work with it's also a very short experience so um, when you do a large dose of five MeO, it lasts for about twenty minutes. Um, and you are further gone than you can probably get with other psychedelics like psilocybin or ayahuasca. You are you are in a you go far deeper, but it's like a straight up peak and a straight back down peak. Um so it's a very short experience. So yeah. I really like that because our sessions are typically people come to stay with us for multiple days when they do it but the session itself is a couple hours long but that allows us to start with a small dose and 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 work our way up to a large dose and do and and give time before and after to process and um and but like 2 hours later you are perfectly clear you're feeling unbelievable and and you have a perhaps a perspective that is impossible to describe at that moment but you know physically you're very clear and um so the the, the short lasting um sort of phenomenology of 5-MeO I think is really interesting and then lastly i'll just say there's of course LSD yeah and i'm and there's a whole bunch of other medicines i'm not talking about 3-MMC is super interesting there's a whole bunch of others but in terms of ones that people are thinking about LSD is also really incredible it's um super super strong uh it's it's like I feel like it's like psilocybin ratcheted up a notch. Yeah. Slightly more synth, it's obviously a synthetic molecule so it has a more synthetic feel, it's more intellectual. I'd say it's less earthy, less in the body, but you can have profound profound insights on LSD. Um so it's really really powerful. And like I say and la- you know like I mentioned 3MMC is one that I think not a lot of people know about but is to me the one of the most promising and most interesting medicines out there and then there's a whole list of others that exist
0: yeah it's actually crazy um when we were talking about all of this right now i think about one thing and it's about the preparation but not so much the the, the preparation but when you have maybe done this a couple of times and or one has been through these experiences and whether they're enjoying it or not enjoying it and figuring out why those reasons are you just simply have to let go you have yep. to when you're on these things you cannot you can't fight what's happening you know you can't go against what's happening you just really have to like go get like surrender pretty much
1: surrender is the exact word and and um you know that that's why i also think that uh doing these experiences with a with a great facilitator makes all the difference um because they help to give you all the information. I mean, if they're good, they give you the proper information that you need to sort of understand what you're stepping into and how to prepare yourself. Um, They help you with the reflection aspects and perhaps some coaching before the session. They do proper uh, intake research to make sure that the medicine that you're considering is safe for you. And that, you know, like in case you're on any medications or anything that there's no, issues there. Like they look at the safety of, and of the session. Um, and then they create a space that we, we call it set and setting, you know um, what's your mindset and what's the setting you're in when you, when you go to do that psychedelic and they create a space, whether even if it's in your home, but they create a space for you. Um, and then I really prefer experiences where you are outside of your home. You are in a retreat environment and you have a couple of days with no responsibilities so that you have at least a day after your session to process everything, to just be with yourself, to do some integration, maybe with a group or with a coach. Um, but mo- most importantly, that you're not just back on your phone the next day and back to your your daily grind and and hustle. So that's, you know, so for instance, the work we do here is we do two night retreats. Um, it's basically, you're here with us over the course of three days uh, and two nights And the session itself is just two hours of one of the days. However, there's all sorts of activities and process that goes on before and after so that you are coming away with the deepest possible experience of that medicine and of yourself.
0: Yeah, it's super interesting. Now, when we're talking about, um, I almost want to dive into, actually, first, I want to dive into food. Uh, Is there anything or, I mean, any food that you suggest, uh, having, um, maybe before an experience to help with potential side effects that one, or is there side effects that one will experience or, I mean, anything,
1: right? Yeah. I think, um, this isn't a food, but I think like for our retreats, we, we don't serve any caffeine and we really recommend that you, you ramp down your caffeine intake or any stimulants intake in the days up leading up. Um, So that's just one thing in terms of consumption, Uh, not having caffeine in your system, I think is really key. Um, In terms of food, I think mostly just eating light in the days before, not, you know, like I said, meat is okay if you're comfortable with it, but you don't need to eat meat. So maybe fish or vegetables and um, uh, light, not heavily cooked, just eating fairly light in the couple of days ahead. Again, it's kind of like how much energy do you want to be spending on digestion in those couple of days? Um, how clean is the food and how hard is it to digest? So how long is it in your digestive tract and what's in your body actually at the moment that you're consuming the the medicines? Um, but then in terms of right before the experience, generally we recommend very little food in the body, um, being well hydrated. And yeah, uh, if it's like midday or late in the day, you want to have had something perhaps to eat. Um, you don't want to be, you know, I don't know if you want to fast for too long unless you're really regularly doing that. Um. generally just eating really light yeah you don't want to have too much food in your body
0: no actually it's it's funny um i've noticed after doing a heavier dose of shrooms uh Mm -hmm. during an evening or what have you and the next day is where i feel the effects of like microdosing like the next day i'm like holy man i am dialed in i don't know what's going on but i'm focused i know what's going on Like all day long like i'm not getting like and and this is what a day of. i make sure that even the next day i make sure i have no caffeine i just want to really see what happens the the after effects essentially and the next it's like beautiful incline of just absolutely like
1: i've never experienced anything like it to be honest yeah Yeah, i I have the same experience both with psilocybin and 5-meo to me is like it feels like it's like and and psilocybin to some extent too, but it's like power washing the brain and and it's like everything is running faster, clearer. Things are connecting um, more with 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 less uh, less effort. You know, it's just it's like it's unbelievable the impacts and especially in the in the days after that. It's it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's what's so interesting because people, um, you know, so like uh, psychedelics have had this kind of funny reputation as making you kind of nuts or making you know you trip out and all this stuff but in my experience there is literally just nothing i've ever done that has made me feel so crystal clear about what is happening and 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 being so present in the moment than psychedelics but but it is the exact reflection of how present you are as a human being first
0: right absolutely yeah like-
1: that could be that can be really disorienting if you're not used to being present or yeah. if you're out of alignment like out of i alignment, think- yeah. Yeah, like I think that's something that people need to really think about when they're going in to do heavier amounts of psychedelics is, again, it's kind of back to like personal development stuff. Like how much are you actually reflecting on how you are doing, how your life is going? You know, like, are you working yourself so hard that you are on the verge of breakup with your spouse and verge of burnout? And, you know, like you're just basically right on the edge of a full meltdown and you're just not even aware of it. That's a really hard time to do psychedelics. It might be a great time, but it's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> it is, it is. Like I've heard people
0: um, you know, say like, oh, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. I'm such a mess right now. Like, you know what? I've never done before, but I'm gonna do some shrooms. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's a good idea.
1: Well, yeah, and I think to clarify that, I, I think it's a perfect time is when you're going through stuff. It's just how ready are you to look in the mirror. In the clearest mirror you've ever seen, right? It may be totally trippy and showing you all sorts of wildly colored animals in a fantastic universe, but trust me, it's the clearest mirror you've ever looked in. And um, just are, how prepared are you for that? And have you ever done that before on any level? And and I that's that's always like my my gut instinct. What's super interesting about people that come to retreats we see is that even if when we first talked to them, this hasn't happened as they're leading up to their retreat, things just start shifting in their life, either bad things or good things are just happening. And it's, it's like, no matter how hard, you know, how little they've ever planned the timing of their retreat around life events, life events are just starting to happen. It's because it's like your, it's like your, your subconscious knows that it's about to come out and, and do this work. And it's, and it starts impacting your life in ways. It's super interesting. So I I find that people are actually quite often either in a a really peak moment of their life or in a crisis in their life when they come to see us. And that's totally fine. And the conversation I just have with them is, look, as long as you're cool with looking closely at what's going on and healing it, and you're not going to, like, it's not going to just be more traumatizing to you because the trauma is like, it, it basically occurs when something intense happens to you And you, your psychology can't handle it. It basically shuts it down and your brain stores some of the information, but it stores it in a way that is not processed. And then it becomes a trauma in the brain. And that's a very simplified explanation, but it's kind of what's happening. So I think psychedelics can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. If you're not ready to experience that level of depth, um, then it could be traumatizing, right? It could just be a new trauma that gets added to the list of your trauma. So you just got to be ready for it.
0: Yeah. And I can see how environment plays a huge part in that too. Like if you're feeling that way on a negative front and you do psychedelics, maybe it's a, you know, a piss poor day outside and it's raining and you're doing it outside and you're, you know, that's not a good sight when it's gloomy and, you know, <laughs> the dark side may come, make come out and something like that. Yeah. You know, maybe compared yeah. To like a sunny day, you know, or I don't know.
1: Well, I will say that, um, yeah i think I think one of the most healing aspects of doing psychedelics is the human connection that's that happens if you're in the right environment if you're with a loving guide or a friend or a facilitator, someone who is there to really take care of you that even if you're going through hard things, that essence of knowing that someone is there caring for you is so amazing and healing like that's what we hear from a lot of our participants that the the medicine was incredible, but the feeling of being loved so deeply in that moment, even though it was hard or whatever it was, is actually equally as impactful for them. It is that like their psyche is able to really receive love in a way in that moment that otherwise may not be able to. So it's it's um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that basically frankly, I think that if in the right set and setting with the right information, everyone is ready. Um, they just need to be prepared in the right way. And and that's, that's what our job is as facilitators. Right. And we've had lots of people come and do five MEO DMT, arguably the strongest psychedelic on the planet and having never even smoked cannabis before and totally do fine. You know, okay. like they just need the right information. They need to be in the right setting, setting their body, like their nervous system needs to be ready. They need to trust us enough to, to, surrender to the moment and allow allow the allow the thing to happen and then they do great even if they got hard shit to work through
0: no that's awesome um lastly to tail off here to be in the interview let's talk about uh quickly the uh the recovery um Mm -hmm. after um what you put people through what you suggest people practice um not to just hop on their phone just like regular life again like everything's okay you know it's just that they balance everything out accordingly
1: yeah, so I'd say, you know, at our retreats, there's no technology. We collect everybody's phone, so you don't have any. There's no internet. There's no TV. There's no distractions in that way, um, and I think that's really key. Like in at least at least the 24 hours after you are in, you are distract. Like you don't have distractions, and you're not back at work, um, and that you're off your technology as much as possible. Basically, creating as much space for yourself to to. Daydream, to reflect, to um, to meditate, to wander in the woods, whatever it needs to be, um, sit in a hot tub, like whatever, you know, just spend time alone in quiet and solitude. Um, that's a super important aspect of integrating experiences. And that's true with or without psychedelics. If you're not spending any time each day, you're not at least spending like a half hour or an hour each day in solitude or, or without you know, content consumption happening, like you're really missing out on a big portion of, of how your brain works and how life works. But um, so that's really key. And then I think, uh, uh, I think uh, integration coaches are really powerful in terms of helping you make sense of the process and, and articulate sort of what the outcomes are. I think journaling is a really strong practice in terms of even free flow journaling, just writing two, two full size pages um, every day, whatever comes out of you, and reviewing what you write, and just seeing what's there, um, or using journaling prompts or things like that. Meditation is super important afterwards. Some kind of meditation or breathwork practice. Again, inward-focused practices, um, and that could also be things like yoga or other other types of physical practices. It's honestly like it's pretty basic. Is yeah. create space for yourself. Eat quality things, sleep properly, look inward, uh, you know, take care of your body and mind. And and so the more you're doing that, the more you're going to integrate your experience.
0: Awesome. Steve, thank you so much, man.
1: This is my, my pleasure. Educational. Right on, man.
0: Uh, where where can they find you? Uh
1: nature of work dot co and the on the psychedelic side, it's enfoldinstitute.com. and that's E-N-F-O-L-D. Uh, nfoldinstitute.com, and then i am everywhere on the internet at steve rio perfect awesome guys
0: well hey i hope you enjoyed this episode with steve rio again like i said if you haven't listened to the first one go back and it'll really form a stronger concrete base for what we talked about today uh, Lastly, guys as usual remember to never settle stay restless